Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Your home for college football Saturdays is live with CBS Sports Analyst Rick Neuheisel. Powered by Taco Time. Hungry? At Taco Time, it's easy to create exactly what you're craving. And we wouldn't have it any other way. How do you Taco Time? Customize your meal and order ahead on the Taco Time Northwest app. Taco Time. Time for something different. Now with Rick Neuheisel, here's Softy and Dick. All right, let's do it. Big thanks to our friends over at Taco Time. Whatever it is you're looking for, be sure and use the app and order ahead. Download it now, the Taco Time and W app from the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. Well, here he is. Uh, put your hands together, Dick Fain. He is red, freaking hot, yeah, baby. Is. Does it again with his Taco Time pick of the week. Nailing. Almost got the victory, for God's sakes. Nailing Miami in the 14 last week versus the Seminoles. How are you, Coach? What's going on? I am well, gentlemen. I am well. I hope you guys are ready for a uh, tussle in Corvallis. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to wrestle with some fans in, uh, in the stands, maybe, and just decide <laughs> it there. The fans are all juiced up. I'm not sure if you caught this. Jamarcus Shepard, you know Jamarcus Shepard. He's a wide receivers coach at UW, was at Purdue before he came to Husky sure, Stadium. And he, sure. he says he wants the fans to be ribbing his players. He wants the fans to be going after the players' parents, the players' girlfriends, and taking all kinds. <laughs> kinds of shots at him to get his guys fired up for this game on Saturday. I'm not I'm not uh, in that company of people that think that they're going to need that to be revved up for this Saturday. Oh. If you're not revved up for this Saturday, I don't know what uh, what what planet you're from, but uh, that's not the kind of husky I remember. These guys will be ready to go. This is going to be a uh, uh, an absolute brouhaha. You've got all sorts of storylines, but at the end of it, if you want to get to the college football playoff, you got to win. Does it help to that Oregon State is getting national love and they're so highly ranked? Does that help kind of take out the potential of a you know not a look ahead game, but it's Oregon State. I mean, it's not it's not your rivals. It's not a USC. It's it's Oregon State, so it doesn't help that Oregon State's getting some national love to kind of wake the guys up and make sure they got to bring their A game. I think well, a year ago, uh, if memory serves, this was a really close game. Uh, yep. So I think that twenty-four twenty-one, by the way. Yeah, yes, that and 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 it uh, a field goal right at the end of the game to win it, right? Yep. yep. Um, so th- this this to me. Because of the experience of the Husky team, I mean, you've got a lot of five- and six-year players on this team. They understand the quality of the team they're playing. They understand the venom of the crowd that will be there to, you know, hopefully root on the home team. They'll understand that this is a disenfranchised program that's, you know, angry. It's kind of the Pac-12's version of Bedlam, if you will. You've got a team that's leaving for the – greener pastures of the Big Ten and the one that's being left behind. And the home crowd, this is the last time they're going to see you for a while, so they want to send you out uh, with your tail tucked between your legs. So all of that, if you're paying any attention at all, has to resonate. 
And, again, I go back to the experience of this Husky team. That's why I think they're going to be ready for it. Yeah, well, Rick Neuheisel with us. You said something there interesting a couple of minutes ago when you said if you want to make the Final Four, you have to win this game. There are some folks that think they can lose this game, win the Apple Cup, beat Oregon, and go to the Final Four. It sounds like you're not one of them. Well, I was, but I just cannot stand the disrespect being shown by the committee to our conference. Thank you. And I say our conference because I grew up in it. The fact that we're not sitting there in the top four, and I say we're because I feel myself a kinship towards uh, Washington, that we're not sitting in the top four ahead of either Florida State or Michigan is ridiculous when the entire country's narrative has been about the strength of the Pac-12 in their last year and the quality of the quarterbacks and the quality of competition. And the college football rankings right now have five teams from the Pac-12 in the rankings, the top 25, and Washington has beat three of them and is going to play the fourth this week. And you look at Florida State, there are three teams from the ACC in the top 25, so the quality of the conference isn't nearly the same, which has been the narrative, again, all season long. And they haven't played the other two that are in the top 25, Mm, North Carolina and Louisville. So what are we doing here? We're saying because they beat LSU in the opening weekend of the season, they're a predominantly dominant team. And then for Boo Corrigan to say, well, that Florida State-Miami game is such a big rivalry, you had to take that into account. He's disrespecting the rivalries that exist between Arizona and Washington, the rivalries that exist between Stanford and Washington. And you and I don't have to talk very long to remember the history of those games and why they're always played close. So this, this is disrespectful. There's no other way to say it. And it makes me worry that a one-loss Pac-12 team might be outside looking in. Rick, you mentioned that this will be the last time we go to Corvallis in a long time. We totally agree with you. I mean, why would the Huskies ever schedule uh, an Oregon State game in Corvallis now being in the Big Ten? But that led us to a conversation a few minutes ago. Do we see a college football landscape down the road that penalizes tough non-conference scheduling or rewards tough non-conference scheduling? If we use the current format of the college football playoff committee, there's no reason to think it's ever going to change. They have yet, given the power that they wield, they have yet to recognize the the, uh, strength of schedule. They simply go on eye test and they go on reputation. And it's just, uh, it's mind-boggling to me. Given And I li- listen, I know a lot of those people. Jim Grobe on that deal, I went on the trip to overseas to see the troops. And I just don't know what kind of power they wield when they're sitting there going, these are manufactured schedules. Both Georgia and Michigan turned down, ch- canceled games with quality opponents. Yeah. Georgia canceled a game with, uh, with uh, Oklahoma, and Michigan canceled a home-and-home home with uh, – with uh, UCLA. Both canceled those games to play lesser opponents and put themselves in this situation. And for the committee not to dock them, or at least talk about, well, we're putting them behind because they haven't played anybody yet, and kind of at their own free will, to me is irresponsible. Well, I'm totally with you on the Florida State thing. I mean, it's sickening, to be honest with you. And it makes me wonder if the committee is run by morons. Uh, and and I, I, I don't use that term loosely, by the way, at all. Because Boo Corrigan is talking about the rivalry with Miami and Florida State. Are we going to get credit for a rivalry with Wazoo next weekend? Hell no. Of course no, we're not, course man. Not. So this whole thing is just a complete damn joke. And the concern that I have is exactly yours, that UW will lose all ties. But if they win this weekend in Reeser Stadium, Florida State's got North Alabama, 
there's no way that they can't put UW at number four next week, right? And I and I believe that they've heard the criticism because it's not just me saying this. There are a number of people over. that were disenchanted yep. with the uh, choice of the Florida State to be ahead of uh, at Washington. And no, no, uh, listen, Mike Norvell is a buddy. It, I, I'm not mad at Florida State, but it's just irresponsible not to recognize the strength of the Pac-12. You're right. If they win this week on the road in Reeser on a national television audience, so with, with a national television audience watching, they'll be ahead of Florida State who plays North Alabama. And uh, they will control their own destiny. And I just, you know, I, I got my fingers crossed that they'll get to the finish line on state because, to me, with an Alabama possibility of beating Georgia, I don't like that scenario for a Pac-12 one-loss team. No, I'm with you. Uh, Rick, talk more about the game this Saturday. Uh, the matchup, UW, uh, DJ Ungalele uh, on one side, Penix on the other. Uh, they got a great uh, core of running backs over there. Got a couple of big-time defensive ends, obviously. But what do you, what do you make of the matchup on Saturday? The key is uh, the running games. Uh, Washington's got to try to fight uh, fire with fire with a running game. I was, in, I was pleased to see that uh, Dylan Johnson had another 100-yard game. You know, he went to the SC without ever having had one. Now he had a 250 and another 100-yard game. That, that uh, bodes well uh, for Washington because it helps uh, a defense uh, stay off the field. A time of possession victory is a good thing. And they also won the time of possession, which is hard to do against Utah. So that was pleasing. Uh, Damian Martinez, the running back for Oregon State, is a handful. That has to be corralled. Uh, and then you've got to be really good in the red zone. You've got to get touchdowns. So, but if you're coming down to it, I'm taking the dogs in this one because I trust Michael Penix, uh, who's a 66% passer, 67% passer, over DJ Uyunglele who's a less than 60% passer. At the end of the day, if the running games you know, are equal, I think Penix and company can, uh, can win the day. I'm not sure what the weather is. I've been told cold and rainy. Uh, but for two teams from the Northwest, that won't be a huge deal. Rick, what did you make of the theatrics from Michigan, both the Sharon Moore crying after the game and uh, Jim Harbaugh <laughs> calling Michigan America's team? Well, you hit the nail on the head by calling it theatrics. Uh, it, it's uh, been theater and then some. And then today they just announced that they are, you know, dropping their case uh, with the agreement from the Big 12 that they will discontinue their investigation. Clearly the, the Big Ten's got them. They, they got the goods, right? And, and they're guilty. So this, this nonsense about America's team and that uh, due process should be served uh, is now going by way of the whales and Jim Harbaugh will have spent half the season half the season not being at the games I don't know what that means to his salary but those are the facts and I think the Michigan alums the the upper brow uh, high-end Michigan alums are embarrassed and I don't think that Jim Harbaugh would coach in at Michigan next year I think he'll be looking to see if he can get off to the NFL and uh, they'll be making the change but uh, they're still a dang good football team the only thing that the only loser today to me, I think, is is Ryan Day, because yeah. I think Ryan Day, Franklin, would much prefer to have Jim Harbaugh on the sideline, because if you win, you don't want a stupid asterisk around this, and if you lose, you don't want your Ohio State constituency saying you couldn't even beat him without Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. Now that that uh, doesn't bode well for the the Ohio State Ohio well, State what- coach. 
And, Rick, what you just said there, Rick Neuhausel, courtesy of Taco Time, uh, I think you had that take about a week and a half, two weeks ago, when you said you thought Harbaugh was not going to come back, and you still believe that now, that Harbaugh's out at the end of the year. So who's the next coach in Michigan? No, uh, Kalen DeBoer will be on the list. I know you guys are holding on with this Texas A&M job open. Uh, he's going to be uh, courted, there's no question. But, I, like I said, I, I know Kalen, and I know he's very happy where he is. And there's no reason not to think that uh, the Huskies will have a, a way to keep him uh, right where he is. I know the assistants are being compensated fairly and so forth, so I, I, I think that will be the case. But Kalen's going to be in the marketplace when these big job opens. The other guy's uh, name that will come up, uh, and I've already heard it circling around UCLA, is Chip Kelly's in a tenuous situation, is Jed Fish from Arizona, who's having a great year uh, with the Wildcats. Rick, how should wow. the, how should the money be divided between the Pac two and the rest of the conference in your mind? I think uh, that Oregon State and Washington State uh, ought to take what they need to offset costs for the next two years, Mountain West, and then distribute the rest equally. Uh, I for for Oregon State and Washington State, especially given the way the the, the conference handled UCLA and USC and then Colorado in departures. Uh, it makes complete legal sense to me that they would have uh, control the board. Now, whether or not they control the board such to the fact that uh, they play keep away from everybody else to the detriment of everybody else, uh, that's for a court to decide. Uh, we, I, I certainly understand the Pac-2's predicament. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Chip Kelly there. He's 33-33 and 33 in six years at UCLA. You know how tough that job can be, obviously. You think he's out? And if he does get fired, who's the next coach at UCLA? I think it's tenuous. Uh, I think they all feel that it's tenuous. It's no secret that my son's a coach there, and he's nervous. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously it's a USC game this week, and if they were to perform well and beat the Trojans and – put a you know seventh win on the board that would help things and uh you know that's the that's everybody's got their fingers crossed that wears blue and gold that that will be the case if it isn't the case and they get in any way shape or form embarrassed then uh i would not be surprised to see a move and i'm hearing here's one for you this is out there in the in the uh the rumor mill amongst coaches that lane kiffin might be a choice oh my gosh Wow. wow How about Rick Neuheisel? Why not? You're going to mention Lane Kiffin. Why not mention Rick Neuheisel while you're at it? I, don't, I won't take that job unless they give me the AD job, too. If they give me the AD job, then I'll go. There you go. How about Why hasn't it worked? I mean, I thought this was going to be a pretty good marriage down there. Just not enough investment in the program? Texas A&M and UCLA have to look in the mirror. Is it really just the coach? Or is there something that is internal that keeps the coach from being successful? And uh, they have to look and ask themselves that question. I mean, Texas A&M has had two 10-game win, winning seasons, two double-digit winning seasons since 1998. Yep. But, I mean, those are the facts. And they got everything. They, they got bells and whistles. And, and uh, I was there when the former Washington AD, Scott Woodward, was running things. And I said, what's the difference between here and Washington? He says, more money. Hmm. Well, Washington's had way more 10-win seasons. 
I mean, it's just it's just the way it is, and you have to ask yourself why. And athletic directors have to get to the crux of that rather than just putting a shiny new toy in the name of a coach and saying, go get them. Let's do it the same way. All right, let's get to it. We've all been waiting for this. That that was all just the pregame for the main event, baby, because you're riding a two-game winning streak. You're 6-4-1 over 11 games. Your taco time pick of the week. I'm going to go with my natural chicken soft taco, Chris Beef Burrito. You nailed Miami in the points last week. Who do you like this week, Coach? I am staying right there, right local. We are taking the dogs. All right. There's Washington Huskies. The Washington Huskies, I cannot believe they're getting points in this deal. Uh, we'll take them, but we don't need them. This is the NP enter. No points needed. Dogs win in research. I love it. All right, we like the dogs and the points against uh, Oregon State and Corvallis on Saturday at 430. All right, man, great stuff. Rick, you're the man. Enjoy Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll try and hook up uh, next Wednesday. All right, buddy? Thanks, Coach. I look forward to it, fellas. Take care. Happy holidays to one and all. You got it. Good stuff. Huskies getting two, by the way, at the MGM as of right now. How about that? You- lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.